Live Nation. You're invited to take your seat. Take a seat. At the Warriors Roundtable. It's a three. In and out. Rebound. Payton. Out to Curry. Let's it fly. Three ball. Left corner pocket. Welcome to the table. Of the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. 95-7 the game. Curry fires away. Three ball. Above the break. Here's Kevin Dana. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We welcome you to Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Taking your calls for most of this hour, not all this hour. We'll get to that in a little bit why we won't be taking calls for every single second of this show. 888-957-9570. Kevin Dan alongside Gary St. Jean with you here. We have a taped interview that Tim Roy did with Monte Ellis that we will be playing in the second segment of the show, so it'll be great to hear what the Mississippi Missile has to say, but of course, first things first, I will do what Willard did about 15-20 minutes ago on these airwaves here on 95.7 The Game. Read the NBA press release. Uh, Draymond Green has been suspended indefinitely for striking Phoenix Sun Center Yusuf Nurkic in the face. It was announced today by Joe Dumars. This outcome takes into account Green's repeated history of unsportsmanlike acts. Green's suspension will begin immediately. He will be required to meet certain league and team conditions before he returns to play again. So suspended indefinitely. Now, we're not going to speculate on how long that might be, but he's not here for the time being. And honestly, Gary, you, you can't really pick a bone with the NBA's line here. No, Kev, you know, there's a lot to uh, to look into. There's a lot of conversation between uh, the position of the general manager, the coach, the ownership, with the league office, with the commissioner, with uh, Joe Dumars in the uh, basketball operations, as well as the league lawyers. So uh, I'm sorry to say I've been involved in stuff like this with Sprewell in the past. Yeah. And uh, it's, it, it's going to take some work here to figure out what's going to happen here in the future. In the meantime, uh, you know, you can only uh, look at it and say, you know, it's, it, it's too bad for the team because uh, they're the ones who uh, have to go out there and play the games and you're losing a key player and uh, it, it's going to affect the team. But in this game, uh, the next guy up. And, yep. uh, you know, we're going to see Mora Kaminga. He's had a couple good games in a row. Uh, we may play, we may see more of, of Davis, like we saw him for a little bit last night. And uh, Looney might play a little bit more. So, you know, I, I uh, it, it's a tough situation for everybody, fans, players, everybody that uh, thinks the world of the Warriors. But uh, this, the train doesn't stop. It keeps on going. Yeah, no, it keeps on going. Look, this doesn't change how I feel about Draymond Green. I, I, I love him. He has been an integral, integral piece to four NBA championships. There's an argument he's still one of the two or three most important players on this year's Golden State team. But look, this year so far, he's played in 15 games. He's been ejected three times. He's already served one five-game suspension. He's got four flagrant foul points. And uh, simply put, the Warriors can't afford to have Draymond Green not available, not when they're 10 and 13. Nah, Kev, you're, you're spot on. And look, uh, Steph Curry has been just fabulous uh, playing at, at the, one of the yeah. highest levels in the league with, with Jokic and Embiid and 
uh, Luka Doncic and maybe uh, LeBron. Uh, maybe I'm forgetting a couple guys. Maybe Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yeah. That's that's the top of the league. Um, but you know, you you make the point about Draymond. He brings it on both ends of the floor for this team. He is yeah. the key on defense because. So much of the NBA game now is about the matchups and uh, pick-and-roll coverages. It's about perimeter play. And he allows the Warriors to switch so much because when you don't switch, you get involved in big rotations. And when you get involved in those, you're opening the door for a lot of three-point shooting. Uh, along with the defense, he rebounds the ball. He gets in the open floor. He makes excellent decisions. Uh, he's had a couple games within the past week where he's had like eight, Nine, 13 assists, uh, yeah. and that's because of his uh, distribution and great decisions. And on the offensive end in the half court, you know, he's, uh, he's so many times uh, up high as a trailer on early offense, and he's the master of the dribble handoff, maybe faking it and then taking it to the rack or giving it to Steph or Clay and setting a great screen. Uh, one of the trademarks of this team is when he's in the low post, and they run split action, and invariably they catch somebody napping on the opponent uh, where they'll set the screen, slip the screen, get a layup or a dunk going to the basket like Kaminga did this past week, or you get a quality shot for one of the jump shooters. So you're right. He, he is so important to this team. Uh, so it's, it's a tough loss, but, uh, you know, you saw last night a lot of different people played at different times and there was a great chance to win the game. And when Steve went late in the game with the guys he felt like he had a chance to win the game with, well, gosh darn it, they almost pulled it out. And when you look during the course of the game, they had a couple of leads. So uh, yeah. you look at this game, and it was very winnable. Yeah, and it just continues a string of winnable games that Golden State has unfortunately not one now i i want to push back on something i've heard in the national conversation about draymond green i was watching nba today on espn today and kendrick perkins said that draymond green is acting this way because he feels his skills are slipping or whatever and that something to the extent of he knows he doesn't have it like he used to as far as being the force that he is I disagree with that take, and I love Kendrick Perkins, but if you look at this year, I mean, Draymond Green is having a really good season. I mean, he's shooting 43% from downtown. He's averaging almost 10 points per game, which is very, very good for him. And when I watch him defensively, I still see him taking big charges and big moments, making big defensive plays, boxing out bigger guys off the glass. I was just re-watching some of the fourth quarter against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Had a huge box out on Chet Holmgren late in that game. Game. So I, I think he's still a very, very good player, which is what's going to make this indefinite absence hurt all that much more because, all right, maybe he's not peak Draymond Green, but he's still a very good version of himself. Well, Big Perk uh, sometimes gets a little excited. And, uh, you know, he, he uh, gets off on tangents. And I, I like him. I think he brings a lot of energy to the show. And I, I think they do a nice job. And Oakland's Malika Andrews, uh, can't say enough positives about her. Um, yeah, I love the show. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, that's, that's kind of a noon ritual with me now. And, uh, but like you said, uh, Draymond, you know, maybe it's not a triple-double, but it, it, it could be like uh, 12 points, a couple of threes in there. Uh, obviously, some good rebounding, 
and uh, distributing the ball at a high level. And uh, I'm with you. I, I think uh, when he's been on the floor, he's, he's played very, very well. Yeah, and, and the thing is, this year they're two and six in games where he's either been suspended or ejected. So, look, that means they're eight and seven, which I mean, not a great record, but a lot better than two and six when he is fully available uh, for a game this year. So, look, uh, it, obviously, it's going to be a tough blow for the Golden State Warriors as uh, they they try to dig themselves out of this 10 and 13 hole. There, there are still 59 games left, but uh, it definitely feels like saying that the, this season's at a bit of an inflection point. Yes, still plenty of season, but this is going to be a big juncture for Golden State. How do they respond without having Draymond Green for the time being? Well, here's the good news. They're going to start playing a lot of home games, and they're going to play yes. against some teams that have really subpar records. So good things can really happen here. Uh, but it's going to take everybody stepping up. Um, you know, I, I'm i looking at the West, Kev. You may think I'm nuts. What are we, 20-something games in? I got this yeah. figured out. There's, okay. 11 te- there's 11 teams for 10 spots. Yeah. You've got three or four on the bottom that have no chance. And uh, that's as simple as I can put it. Now, my thing is, stay the heck out of the plan. Uh, that, yep. You know, that's volatility. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen there. But um, I, I can tell you that the guys up in the sixth spot don't have, uh, you know, a, a big, uh, you know, big differential from where the Warriors are now. I look at the loss column. That's what I really hype in on. And, uh, you know, there's just a long, long way to go. And it's, it's easy to start hitting panic buttons and saying, holy moly, you know, what are we going to do? And uh, so now that you're going to adjust, you're going to see the coaches really make an adjustment probably in, in how they're going to rotate. But I, I think we're going to see it be a little bit more by the seat of the pants. What do I mean by that? that that's like my days with Nelly. Uh, He'd go game a game, and guys who wouldn't play for a week get in there and play 20-something minutes. And if you're playing good when you're in there, you might play more than that. So, uh, you know, there's, there's things that I'm looking at. Like, like Podzimski, um, I, I'm almost ready to give him one of my chickabee kibasas. Uh, oh, he's playing okay. that good. Now, and I, I'd have to go in my freezer and, and bring one down there, but <laughs> that's how good he's playing. Gosh, you know, last two minutes, three minutes of that game last night, I'm looking yeah. at this guy, and I, I don't see any big eyes. I see a confident, tough, competitive guy who makes good basketball decisions. He's earning time, and I'm going to underline earn. And, uh, you know, yeah. we're probably going to see more of Moody. He didn't have his best game last night, missed a couple big free throws. But I think we're going to see him more, and you and I have been speaking about Kaminga, and, and, you know, we, we love what Sarek's doing. And, yep. uh, you know, Chris Paul's been darn solid. And it's going to take everybody. Kev, let's look at the positive. Look at the bench last night, the scoring. 80 points. That That's unbelievable. That really, really yeah. is. Um, I don't know. You're a lot better with the numbers than me. But I can't recall teams having much more than 80 points. In a in a in a game like that off the bench, 
Yeah, no, I, I can't either. I, I want to go. We got to take a break, but I do want to oh. ask you one question because you said it's 11 teams for 10 spots. So you're not giving the Grizzlies any chance no. even when Job Morant comes no. back. Nope. Okay. No, I, hey, uh, they're not, they're messed up. Uh, losing Adams and the other guy there, the good athlete, athletic big guy, that's hurting them. Uh, Jackson's been better. But sometimes he's scoring when the game doesn't matter. Uh, the only guy I really love out there is Bain. Yeah, yeah, no, all right, fair enough. Yeah, it, it's been just—it's been more than just not having John Morant that has contributed to their very, very rough start. Well, the Warriors' 2023-24 season is presented by Kaiser Permanente, and we'd like to remind you to experience Enrique Iglesias, Ricky Martin, and Pitbull together live at Chase on Wednesday, January 31st. Don't miss their 2024 trilogy tour. Tickets on sale now at ChaseCenter.com. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be playing Tim Roy's interview with Monte Ellis right here on 95. 5-7 the game. Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean are holding court. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! At the Warriors Roundtable. You can't handle the truth! Curry, screened by Draymond Curry, gets free for three. Got it! On 95-7 the game. Now back at Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. Dub Nation, it's nothing but net on Warriors ground. Join us live at Chase Center on Saturday, December 16th as the Warriors take on the Brooklyn Nets. Get your tickets now at warriors.com or call 888-GSW-HOOP. Representatives are standing by. We welcome you back to Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Kevin Dan alongside Gary St. Jean. But right now, we will play a pre-recorded interview that Tim Roy did with Monte Ellis, a former great Golden State Warrior. Great to catch up with the Mississippi Missiles. So without further ado, here's a Tim Roy interview with Monte. Five seconds to go. Warriors won't call time. Monte Did the Warriors need that win? They needed that victory in the worst way. And they do it in style. Well, Monte, first of all, it's great to see you. Great to talk to you. And um, and just uh, give us the uh, the Monte Ellis update for Dub Nation. What's what's going on with Monte <laughs> these days? Thank you guys for having me, Tim. Uh, uh, I really appreciate it. Um, the last seven years I've been here in Dallas. Uh, I've been running a training and youth program for seven years now um, called Ellis Elite Basketball. Um, so this this is the retired Monte. Uh, just, you know, spending time with the kids, with the family, and um, training kids. How is the family? Everyone great. Um, I don't know. You guys haven't met my baby girl, which is Journey. She's four. Uh, but my oldest two, MJ and Myla, uh, doing very well. Uh, MJ's eighth grade playing basketball. Um, my daughter's 12, Myla. Uh, she's played basketball and soccer. And then um, the four-year-old, she just run in the house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're no longer in charge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, it, it's funny. Uh, it, it really 
reminds me of the passage of time. You know, around the, uh, Eric Dampier has a, a, a kid who's playing ball and, and, and is doing well. Jay Rich's kid just committed to Michigan State. It, it's crazy to think of you guys having, you know, kids that are going to be, you know, playing and that, not only that, but also the fact that, you know, you guys are now all dads now and it's a, it's a whole <laughs> different deal. Well, it is, uh, man. Uh, and I saw that Jay Rich, um, son signed with Michigan State. Uh, yeah, man, it's the time just going by so fast. And, um, you know, I'm the youngest out of all them, so I can imagine how they feel. <laughs> Trey, you, but, were uh, you were the baby. You were the baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's great. It's, it's been a great journey to see them grow and, you know, coming to their own and, you know, figuring it out and loving the sport that they love and, you know, putting in time and all that. So it's it's a blessing. So what uh, what about working with the kids? Do you like what do you get out of that? For what what does that do for Monte? Uh, well, it really gives back. Um, the I think in in American basketball, uh, I think we lost the the skill set, the the um, the fundamentals of it. So that's my main thing is you know teaching, you know, skills, developing and fundamentals. So um, it doesn't matter, you know, if a kid can't dribble basketball, I just, you know, love the game so much and just give them the knowledge and everything that that I had that I didn't have anyone come back and give it to me or pour it to me. So that's why I enjoy doing it. And, you know, to see the progress of these kids when they first started to now, uh, they bring you joy, uh, bring you comfort and understanding that, you know, your word matters. And, you know, just getting kids that, to understand whatever you want in life, no matter if you want to be a doctor, lawyer, uh, whatever it is, you have to sacrifice and put in time and put in the work for you to be successful or good in what you do. That's well said. It's you know, it's funny you know, on the basketball front, the um, the the fundamentals thing. It's it's as true as the day is long. If you have if you start with a good fundamental base, you can add all the other stuff. You can become a better shooter. You can go, you know go good, good defender. But if you have a solid core fundamentally, you're going to be okay. Yep. And that's what I try to instill in the kids because we we have lost that uh, AU basketball took our game to a totally different area of the game and to be honest with you me I don't like it personally but in order for me to make a change I have to get in and do my part so that wouldn't come in for me you know coaching and training kids just doing my part well it's it's crazy now and 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 you would you would like you know turn your head around if you saw how many coaches NBA teams have now and one of the reasons is is that they need to develop these players because they haven't had that that skill set put into them. And you know, we've got a lot of great young talents come in the league, but but they they need to learn how to play. You know, they don't know how to play, they don't have that fundamental base. And so NBA teams are developing players now far at a far greater rate than I've ever seen it. So it's truly unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've seen it on the way out. Um 
and it kind it kind of slows the game down in a sense because now we have to instead of us going in and working on our game plan and doing what we need to do now we have to take the time out to break it all the way down and teach the kids the skills and fundamentals at the highest level of the game and I think that that's why so many European players are are standouts now because of the fundamental base of it. That's, that's absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. They come more NBA ready than a lot of kids come out of the U- USA programs. Yes, sir. Well, let's let's uh, take a step back. Let's go uh, down memory lane, as they used to say. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you come to the Bay, you, you know, you were drafted, you had, you had gone through your, your high school years and your, your knee injury, the Warriors drafted you in the second round. Uh, you know, what do you remember about those days and what, what are some of your, your memories of playing in the Bay? Like my memories with the Bay was awesome. Um, if it wasn't so expensive, that I'd probably still be there. <laughs> <laughs> but now, just me coming in as a young guy and was able to grow into the young man that I had become at that time, like that whole experience was was great to me. The suck part about it, you know, how everything went down. But other than that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take nothing back. I, I don't have any regrets. I I went through the things that I went through. Uh, I grown the way that I should have grown. And I just thank the Bay Area and the fans and the organization and the people who've been there for day one and seen me when I was there just to, you know, thank thank those guys for, you know, making my transition so much easier. And it was – I didn't have any pressure. All I had to do was just go out and play basketball. And I did that to the best of my ability every night for the fans. Uh, they graced me with their present. I graced them with my ability and my flash and just that I brought to the team. So it was an even swap. Um, I love the Bay Area. Um, I know they're the best fans in all the sports, hands down. Uh, they're second home to me. So, you know, my journey and my time there spent. I'm grateful for every bit of it. To hear the entire interview, that was a, but a snippet. Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. We thank Monte Ellis for joining Tim Roy for that insightful chat. And, and Gary, I want to talk a little bit about just uh, one thing I thought Monte hit dead on is kind of the AAU basketball situation. Now, I, I don't want to poo-poo the whole thing. Like, that's the way American basketball is set up right now. But if you look at overseas, a lot of these kids, they're getting a lot more development time instead of playing two to three games a day. And, and when you play that much, then you take away from actually developing skill sets, which Monte is trying to do in Dallas. And I think that would be a, a great thing to maybe not necessarily mirror the model. I know like in France, when I was doing the Weminyama games last year, they'd have the U21 game, and then they would have the, 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 the big boys game, whatever. And, and these teams were essentially playing once or twice a week and not playing you know, two to three games a day on Saturday and then two more games on Sunday uh, and doing that 
every weekend during the summer. And then, yeah, oh, yeah, you've got your high school season uh, and, and, and so on and so forth. So uh, I think he, he's really making a good point there. And you know who else would like that is college coaches. So they wouldn't have to spend, you know, 12 hours a day, you know, all July watching just a bunch of random uh, games at these AAU big events. Well, all that interview did for me is to make me feel older. <laughs> uh, it's, it's amazing. You know, I, I, I love his, his passion for the Bay Area. The, the fans loved him. I mean, he was a highlight film. Yeah, he was really quite a player. And when he came in, he was young and uh, just fiery and confident. And he had a game. And, uh, but he had a lot of vets around him that gave him some really good direction, the veteran guys he played with. And uh, yeah. he, he became quite a pro. And it's just commendable that he, he's, he's willing to do this because you're hitting on something. If, if you want to hear coaches talk about the number, one of the number one complaints they have is the, the basic basketball skills that the young guys are lacking simply because they're out there and, and launching threes and playing AAU, and they're thinking they're going to be the next Steph Curry. And there's a lot to learn about this game. And, you know, when you get a guy like Podzimski come into the game and you see how sound he is, it tells me that he had some terrific coaching, and he was a smart young guy with a work ethic that wanted to learn how to play the game the right way. And if you know how to play it the right way, it's it's it it can come back to you tenfold. Yeah, no, you're you're exactly right, Saint. And look, we're gonna talk a little Brandon Pajemski. Speaking of it, in a little bit, let's get back to that loss to the Phoenix Suns because there was more than just the Draymond Green hit of Yusuf Nurkic. One of the other big storylines of that game: Steve Kerr going away from his trusted vets. Look, he he benched Wiggins and Looney to start the second half, and then Clay was taken out of the closing lineup. And really, I I think that was the it was. Clearly, I think, the right move to make considering, look, that's not an every-game situation, not an every-game kind of fix, but for the Phoenix game, it, I thought absolutely the right thing to do. Well, when I look at that whole thing, this morning I read a comment from Clay Thompson, and he said, I, I trust Steve Kerr. I was not playing well. I'll trust him for the rest of my life. And Steve Kerr's got everybody's respect in that locker room. And uh, he's got to put the best, uh, put the team out there that gives them the best chance to win. And he did that last night. And, uh, you know, he stayed with this, this veteran group for a long time. Now, you know, you've, you've had suspensions, you've had injuries, whatever. But, uh, you know, I, I think we might be seeing more of this in the future. Yeah, I think we will. And and you, if you talk to certain Dubs fans, and I think it's a pretty big contingent of them, uh, I think many will say this should have happened way earlier. I'm fine with Kerr in it as long as he did because yeah, this group too. has won four NBA titles. Like, yes, sir. You, you got to give them every chance to prove you wrong. And well, I mean, just unfortunately, last night Wiggins, Looney, and Clay didn't have it. Obviously, Draymond Green gets ejected, and, and so I, I think he was right to go with the younger guys at Phoenix, and, and I, I, I want to, uh, obviously they're not going to have the traditional starting five for however long Draymond Green is suspended, but 
this group went from having the best net rating in the NBA just last year to having the worst net rating in the NBA this year. I can't remember such a steep drop-off before, but when Draymond Green gets back, what will it take for this traditional starting five to get going? Well, you and I have talked a lot about this, and, and Wiggins hasn't played up to the, the Wiggins that we've seen when they won the championship. Yeah. And then you compound it with, uh, you know, Clay's had, had some really good games over the last six or seven games, but last night was not one of them. So he's been inconsistent from the perimeter. Steph Curry's been all world. But you can't play those three unless they're at an optimum level when you're playing with two non-shooters with Looney yeah. and Green. So then they, you know, went more with Green at the five and, you know, tried to go that way. And, you know, the league, uh, it's a copycat league, Kevin. You and I have talked about this in the past. And I, I take this as a compliment. People are trying to play like the Warriors have played yep. over the last 10 years. And some of them are young and they're talented and they're frankly playing at a darn high level. Uh, when I when I look at OKC, uh, they do a lot of things like the Warriors, and they've got all these young guys out there running around, and then you got some tough guys like Draymond in, in, in Dort, and now all of a sudden you bring in Holmgren. So, and 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 then you see a conventional way with two bigs with Minnesota, but then you look at the rest of the teams, and uh, there there's a lot of you know. We could talk a lot about the Clippers. They're 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 on the rise now. I mean, and give yeah. Ty Lue credit. He he's doing a hell of a job, and Leonard's playing great. Uh, we could talk about Dallas. Luca's been unbelievable. Their schedule's been easy though, and I I can keep on going. But what you got here is a lot of parity, and what you got to do is just play solid, take care of business at home, and uh, see if you can be a team that. You know, they're, they're in a slump on the road right now. What is it, six in a row? And, six in a uh, row. Yep. And, and you know what? They're better than that. And they, you you hit on it about ten minutes ago. They've lost tough games, Kev. Really yeah, yeah. tough games. Games that they were ahead and they lost the lead or uh, they, the other team snuck up on them or whatever. It, it's, been, uh, it's been tough. These, these are games that you won in the past. Yeah, I mean, so the good news is they're right there with all these teams ahead of them in the standings. Oklahoma City, a couple of games where they've gone to OT with the Thunder. They had the 24-point lead against the Sacramento Kings on the road, a 22-point lead at the L.A. Clippers after beating them the game prior. They were up 14 against Oklahoma City. Now, I don't see a 14-point lead as a blown lead, personally. I've watched too much basketball. Yeah. I watched too much G League to think that's a blown lead. <laughs> but yeah, I've seen some crazy things down where I'm at in the cruise. But the bad news is they haven't won any of those games recently, besides a close win against Houston, uh, a, a few to, to snap the skid in that first Clippers game. I mean, at some point, these close losses got to turn to W's. Well, they do. But uh, now you're going to play with some young, more uh, inexperienced, younger guys in late-game situations that maybe they haven't been in in the NBA. And it, it's a different, uh, a different environment. You get out there for the last five, six minutes of a game, and, uh, you know, if you're Moody or even Kaminga or Porzingis, this is... Or Davis, this is uh, kind of uncharted water, and uh, 
that they're going to learn under baptism under fire. Yeah, so the good news with these young guys is that they're really impressing, and you've touched on this. And I want to start with Jonathan Kaminga. It was a third straight really good game for him. Go back to the Portland win, obviously a 24-point game against Oklahoma City, and then last night 16 points, 6 rebounds, 6 of 10 from the field, plus 13. And I I know what's got to make you happy, Saint. 18 rebounds in his last two games. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. Maybe he's listening to us. Um, I, I got to tell you, the sky's the limit for this young guy. And uh, if he wants to stay on the floor, it isn't about knocking down threes. Uh, I, I no. like the breakdown that somebody on the staff made a, a, about him. Young players, and this goes back to AAU stuff. You look at him, and he, he probably envisions that, that he's a three, that he's, a, he's like uh, LeBron James. Well, right now, his game isn't at the highest intellect level. So to use that athleticism and power and strength and attack the rim really is a big positive for him. And if he does that, he gets out on the break, and then he's going to the basket in the half court. You know, he's going to get some open shots, and hopefully he knocks them down. His three looks more comfortable within the last week. But uh, and the other thing too, if he wants to stay out there, we talked about rebounding. Uh, I like his activity on defense, and he has the ability to really play on the ball against bigger or smaller guys and do a heck of a job. Yeah, I, I really love his defensive activity. Now, I, I will you talk about the IQ needing to prove that will come with time because you know yeah. coming into the NBA he hadn't played a lot of high level basketball and look the Oklahoma City game he had a really bad sixth foul trying to pick up a Shea Gilgis Alexander full court and and that got him disqualified from the game. But I and he he missed a box out late uh, I, I believe against Chet Holmgren or something that led to a second chance bucket. They had like four cracks out in a possession where Golden State was up four in the fourth quarter. But Jonathan Kaminga's really making some nice strides. And he traditionally has started out slow from beyond the arc and then has got it going. I expect him to live in the low to mid-30s from three once this season ends. And then uh, talk a little about Brandon Pajemski because we've discussed him a little bit. 20 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists in the 119-116 loss to Phoenix uh, last night. He just has a moxie that few rookies had. He isn't the least bit Scared 8.6 rebounds in the fourth quarter. And look, I didn't expect to get the pods returns this soon for Golden State. He's 11th among rookies in scoring, 5th in rebounding behind behind only Wemby, Chet, Derek Lively, and Asar Thompson, and 10th in assists for rookies. (laughs) Isn't that something? Well, you and I have talked about this over the years. Here's here's an aspect of the game that, that carries over from college to the pros. Now, it's normally bigger guys. It's rebounding. If you have a nose to rebound in college, that's going to carry over to the NBA. And so many people talked about him just having the ability to get in there. You know, the NBA game now, look, Florida Warriors last night in the first half, 11 for 30, shooting threes. There are so many long rebounds. You you have to gang rebound. It's something the Warriors have done in the past. Uh, your, your smalls, your one, twos, and threes, they, they've got to get you four or five rebounds. And this guy here, he does it. There's, there's no doubt about it. And uh, you talked about his toughness, and uh, everybody loves that, his abilities to set a screen and 
his good decision making. And to top it all off, the ice cream, uh, the hot fudge on the on the ice cream is that he knocks down a couple of threes. And uh, so there's there's just a lot to like about what he's doing. Dub Nation celebrate Jewish Heritage Night on Warriors Ground. Join us live at Chase Center on Tuesday, December 19th as the Warriors face the Boston Celtics presented by State Farm. All fans receive a Warriors splash towel. Get your tickets now at warriors.com or call 888-GSW-HOOP. Representatives standing by. We'll take a break, come on back, and finish up a Warriors roundtable right here on 95.7 The Game. Each and every member of Dub Nation has a seat at this table. Everybody would please take your seats. The Warriors Roundtable has returned on 95.7 The Game. Knocked it down straight on for about 28 feet. Now back to Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. Let's take a look at our upcoming broadcast presented by Ticketmaster. Tomorrow the Warriors are in L.A. in La La Land to take on the clip joint. 7 p.m. airtime, 7.30 tip time on 95.7 the game. Then they're back home Saturday to take on the Brooklyn Nets. 5 p.m. on the air, 5.30 tip time. Tim Roy, Tom Tolbert on the call. Then a back end of a back-to-back in Portland to take on the Blazers. 5.30 on the air, 6 p.m. tip time. Back home on Tuesday the 19th to take on the Celtics. 6.30 airtime, 7 p.m. tip time. That is Jewish Heritage Night presented by State Farm. And then Friday they host the Washington Wizards. Jordan Poole coming back to town. 6.30 airtime, 7 p.m. tip time. That is Local Heroes Night presented by NBC Sports Bay Area. We're back here on Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game, and let's look ahead to the L.A. Clippers. And, Gary, this is not the time you want to face L.A. They've won eight of their last 11. They have a couple of wins recently over Denver, and they're really figuring it out, it looks like. Well, I... I told you that I think Ty Lue's one of the top five coaches in the league. And is it yep. a challenge? He, it, it is, this isn't about X's and O's. This is about uh, players uh, sacrificing and doing what's best for the team. And it started with Westbrook. I commend him. Uh, he was willing to come off the bench. Uh, Harden is a, not a shot-first guy right now. And the main man is defined as Kawhi Leonard. And he's played in every game. Yep. Now, I understand George... Might have a little hamstring issue. I don't know of what his status is for tomorrow, but he's played very well. And uh, you know, they Zubak has done a good job in the center position. Uh, they got Powell coming off the bench. That uh, that's a nice team. It, it really, really is. And they're playing together. And I I applaud them. I give them credit. This is uh, this is what it's all about. You know, you gotta gotta work together. Look, you mentioned Kawhi Leonard playing every game. I think that's the big piece of it. He scored 65 points combined in the front and back end of a back-to-back, and it was the most he had scored combined points in a back-to-back since March of 2017. That predates the Zaza Pachulia injury he suffered when he was with the San Antonio Spurs. So if he's back playing at that level, uh, this Clippers team could really make some noise. Well, we gotta we gotta note that, you know, he's stronger than new rope. Uh, that guy, yes. he, you know, you hit him, he it hurts you. He is really, yep. really, really strong, and he gets to where he wants to on the floor. He's got a beautiful touch, like all the great players. You don't speed him up. He plays at his own pace. 
and he's a smart player, and uh, and he's done a lot of winning in his day too. That's a big thing on, on his uh, his scorecard. Yeah, no, he's a two-time NBA champion. He's a Finals MVP with the Toronto Raptors, and it's going to be a, a big ask for Golden State. How would you start tomorrow's game? Who is your starting five with Draymond greened out? Well, I, you know, I'd start Looney, and and then then the question for me is is uh, is Kaminga if, if they want to start him or. Uh, whether they they want to start Chris Paul, it'll be interesting to see what their decisions are. I, I am really, I'm not hung up about, and I know a lot of players are like this. I'm not hung up about who starts the game. Yeah, there's there's some pride involved, yeah. but it is more about who's finishing the game and how many minutes are you getting, and and that's what it's yep. really about. And. Uh, you know, I, I I think Sarek's going to be playing more. That that guy, he, boy, yeah. he's been a pleasant surprise. Uh, he, I love the the energy he plays with and his intelligence, and and he's been a real shot in the arm to this team. Now he has been very very good, shooting thirty nine percent from downtown, and, and has just been a huge boost, mostly off the bench. He has had a couple of spot starts this year. So after the Clippers game, the schedule is about to get way easier. Eleven yeah. of the next thirteen after tomorrow night are at home. You play Portland twice in that stretch. You host Toronto. You host Detroit. Uh, Detroit. Who knows when they're going to win again? It, it has been <laughs> rough sledding for them they in the San Antonio tonight. Spurs this year. So I think that makes it 21 straight L's for the Pistons. So, uh, yeah, a, a rough season for them, uh, to say the least. But that after these uh, 11 of next 13 at home, that will take them through the 37-game mark. And to me, if they're not above 500 by then, if they're not at least 19 and 18 or 18 and 19, then I think it's really time to start worrying about just kind of what the ceiling is for this year because there are a ton of winnable games coming up for Golden State. Well, I think that's a very fair analysis. Uh, they should be there playing at home. Uh, and you know what? Uh, listen, they're going to be without Draymond for a while. But you got—I uh, think you got a bunch of hungry guys that, that want to yep. compete and going to get more minutes. And uh, we're we're going to be in a show me mode. Show me you can do it. Yeah, no, exactly. So again, it will start tomorrow against the LA Clippers, as uh, that game will be taking place down in SoCal. I do want to spend the last couple of minutes on this show talking about the Santa Cruz Warriors because uh, they're they're in a big part of their season. They're 8-4 and four after beating the South Bay Lakers last night on the road. They got a season-high 37 points from Lester Quinones, and I hear from fans they want to see him get some time with Golden State because he has been awesome in the G League this year. He's a top-10 scorer in the G League, and he is really filling it up as of late. They got a double-double from Usman Garuba, who is also on a two-way contract with the Golden State Warriors. He had 18 and 13. You got 18 from your other two-way player, Jerome Robinson, and they're currently in first place in the West Pod, and they'll have a chance potentially to play for $100,000 in the Showcase Cup tournament. The top eight teams out of the 31-team G League will play 
in a tournament, sort of like the in-season tournament that we just saw in the NBA, a little different, but uh, it is likely to happen for uh, Santa Cruz to get into the top eight if they split their final two games, and they're being led by first-year head coach Nicholas Kerr, and and I want to end this show uh, asking you this question, because your son is a coach in the NBA with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, What kind of advice do you give your son coaching wise uh, i mean nicholas kerr i asked him before game one this season what he and steve talked about and he said pops kind of let him do his thing and you know i guess at, you know after the win you know steve told him how proud he was of him but they didn't talk a ton obviously steve was worried about the golden state warriors but what advice do you give greg about coaching well you know the, the X's and O's are a given to me in the NBA. And, and people copying all what's going on, and you watched all of that stuff. To me, it's about relationships. And uh, it's about communication skills and uh, earning respect and trust and being accountable and being very positive every day. Find a way to be positive with the players, uh, with your assistant coaches. And uh, you can't you can't get ahead in this business if you're going to say woe is me. Uh, you've got to you've got to have that attitude. And here's another thing, Kevin. In my day, uh, it wasn't looked upon as a great coaching move to go down and coach uh, it, down in in the G League or way back then it was called the uh, forget what the heck it was. But uh, nowadays you're seeing all these guys that have come into the league and. Uh, Come to mind is Nick Nurse and Dagnall at, at OKC, and you can help me with more and more. But um, it, it's it's terrific what they're doing. It, it's great, and uh, no better example than the Warriors. Um, they have a great relationship, and it's not because of Steve and his son. I mean, it, it's it's been there. Uh, they they really they're tied together. They they do the same type of things, uh, the same game plans and, and then fundamentals and all that with their players and uh, even even the front office. And I love to go down to Aptos, to Seascape. And yes. uh, I, I love it down there in Capitola. And invariably, I'm getting people coming up to me wanting to talk to me about the team in Santa Cruz. And they're all fired up about it. So it's great what's going on down there. I, I just think it's tremendous. Hey, whenever you want to get to a game, just let me know, Saint. I'll make sure you get tickets. All right, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. A big thank you to Mark Grandy behind the glass for keeping us on schedule. A big thank you to Marika Kleto and R.C. Davis with the Golden State Warriors. For the Saint, I'm Kevin Dana saying sayonara for this time. We will talk to you next week right here on 95.7 The Game. You've been listening Warriors Roundtable. Curry breaks it through. One hand three. Up and good. The exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. Playful and nailed it. 95-7, the game. For tickets, call 888-GSW-HOOP.